We may love Austin, but not everyone does. Why Austin is slipping down the rankings and how affordability may be to blame. And hotter dry weather today, but we are tracking a risk of severe thunderstorms in first warning weather. Plus, more employees in Austin have been laid off. The company getting rid of staff and the experts who say they shouldn't have a hard time finding a new place to work. Well, it's Austin's rolling hills, the beautiful lakes, the music scene. That's what makes this city unforgettable. But many say enjoying these city charms is out of their price range. Thanks for joining us tonight at 5. I'm Britt Moreno. And I'm Daniel Marin. Today, city leaders sat in on a summit to explore how to make things better for everyone. Now, this comes after we told you Austin fell in the national ranking for best cities to live. Our Jayla Washington takes an in-depth look at why Austin has plummeted in the rankings. From all the different food, festival, it's inviting weirdness. It's booming town. To know Austin is to love it. Keep it low key, I like <laughs> it here. But for those who grew up here, there is no denying it is changing. I love the city, but it's just getting kind of expensive. Joseph Quinn, a chef on the east side, says he's probably going to move to Houston because it's more affordable. Others, like Barbara Shea Ryan, pushed out of city limits. My wife and I just uh, just had a baby, and uh, we couldn't afford to buy here, so we moved out to Lockhart. This week, U.S. News and World Report ranked Austin the 40th best place to live in the country. A drop down from its number one spot just a few years ago. The site scores cities on several categories, affordability holding most of the weight when deciding where a city lands on the list. Well, that's one of the reasons we have to be relentless about it. The mayor at an affordability summit Wednesday Austin saying the city is working to make it better. One big issue to work on, development laws. I got with McKinsey Consulting. Oh, they've come in and they've agreed to look at our site plan process so that it doesn't take so long and the time value of money doesn't add to the cost of what's being built. I think that the city really needs to take a look at all of their, their cost structure, even to set up utilities for someone that's renting. I would love to understand why City of Austin is so much higher to do development costs than any other city in Texas. Questions that need solutions fast. Before the city so many love fizzles out. Jayla Washington, KXAN News. Rent really adds up here. The current average monthly cost of a one-bedroom unit in Austin is nearly $1,600. A two-bedroom is pushing $2,000 a month. And a three-bedroom, well, that's almost $2,500 a month. Those prices have increased 2 to 3% from 2022. Renters make up more than half of occupied housing units. Hundreds of people are looking for new jobs this afternoon. A company that employs thousands in Central Texas is laying off workers. Accenture is cutting about 550 jobs. The company specializes in IT services and consulting. There are a few offices in Austin, but these layoffs are impacting the domain location. In March, CNN reported that the company was slashing 19,000 jobs worldwide. At the time, the company said about half of the cuts were back office staff. Now, we asked the company what is behind this latest move. In a statement, Accenture says it adjusts its workforce from time to time, and the company is fully committed to supporting people through this transition. Now, we've seen quite a few layoffs in the tech industry in Austin over the past year. And while Accenture isn't really a tech company, Capital Workforce Solutions says it shouldn't be much of a problem for these people who've been laid off to find a new job.
There's other openings available here in Austin. We're seeing a wide number of positions that are available in companies hiring. So reemployment is certainly an opportunity for them if they want to look at doing something new or if they want to switch their career entirely, there's opportunities to train. And by the way, Capital Workforce Solutions is having a tech hiring event on May 23rd and then a job fair on May 31st. Congressional leaders say they are feeling optimistic after a meeting with the president on debt ceiling negotiations. Both sides say default is just not an option. The White House team met last night with the GOP negotiators and will be in contact with President Biden as he heads to Japan for the G7 summit. NBC's Drew Petromol is on Capitol Hill with the sticking points. President Biden heading overseas as a cloud of doubt hangs over Washington. Before I leave, I wanted to say a word about the status of negotiations. Fresh off a meeting with top congressional leaders, President Biden today saying he's confident a deal will be reached. We're going to come together because there's no alternative we need to do the right thing for the country. Democratic leaders acknowledging that a deal to increase the nation's borrowing limit will include spending cuts. But lawmakers have just two weeks to act before risking a catastrophic default. We now have a time problem. If the government is unable to pay its bills, Social Security checks, tax refunds, and veterans' benefits could all be delayed. One of the remaining sticking points is a Republican push to add tougher work requirements for some federal aid programs that congressional Democrats and the White House oppose. While the president is in Japan for the G7 summit with top U.S. allies, his team of aides will continue negotiations with Republicans. Mr. President, stop hiding. Stop traveling somewhere else. America wants an American president focused on American problems, finding American solutions. We have them here for you. The president cutting his overseas trip short, skipping planned stops in Australia and Papua New Guinea, and returning to Washington on Sunday to continue negotiations. In Washington, Drew Petromo, NBC News. Well, we knew it was only a matter of time before <laughs> David would turn up the heat. Isn't it a little early for this? <laughs> Technically, it's not. You know, average highs are in the upper 80s. We hit 90 degrees today for the first time in almost a week. So a reminder that summertime is right around the corner. <laughs> for a little perspective, though, this high temperature of 90, we haven't had that many of those so far this May. We actually crunched the numbers. This May so far is running more than five degrees cooler than May was last year to this point. Of course, that absurdly hot May last year to this point went on to become the hottest May on record. This one has been a far cry from that. It is still warm out there, 91 degrees right now and a beautiful view over Lake Marble Falls, mostly sunny at the Highlands uh, Furniture River City Grill Camp. It's 89 in Austin, 87 in Georgetown, mainly mid and upper 80s wherever you are in our 15 counties. Coming up, I'll show you even hotter weather that's on the way. We are also timing, though, a Friday severe storm threat. We'll help you plan around that and enjoy some cooler weather this weekend. Coming up. All right, David, thank you very much. Today, a federal appeals court heard arguments in the lawsuit seeking to pull the abortion pill mifepristone from shelves. A panel of three judges at the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans will decide whether women will continue to have access to the medication. The FDA approved the drug back in 2000 and more than five million people have used it. The legal battle began in a Texas lower court with a U.S. district ruling to suspend the FDA approval of the drug. 
A decision from the appeals court could come anytime, but no matter that ruling, another appeal is expected. Overnight U.S. abortion access faced yet another major shift as one of the remaining southern states allowing abortions tightened up its restrictions. North Carolina Republican lawmakers overruled Democratic Governor Roy Cooper's veto on a 12-week abortion ban. Once enacted in July, this bill will put restrictions on all abortions but ban most of them after 12 weeks. It extends that limit to about 20 weeks for cases of rape and incest and 24 weeks for what the bill calls life-limiting fetal anomalies. An Idaho grand jury has indicted the man suspected in the murders of four college students back in November. Police arrested Brian Koberger in December. A preliminary hearing in the case has been scheduled for next month. The prosecutor's decision to impanel a grand jury allowed the state to skip a week-long preliminary hearing that would have meant presenting evidence and witnesses. Koberger is expected to enter a plea at an arraignment on Monday. The indictment will remain sealed until then. The Austin Airport is preparing for a busy travel season. The new routes added for summertime and what they're doing to meet demand. Plus, the roads here in Texas may not be the safest. Why Texas ranked number one for the worst drivers in the nation. Right now, people known as documented dreamers are living in limbo, but a bipartisan group of lawmakers wants to change that. The group is reintroducing legislation to protect them and allow them to permanently stay here. Washington, D.C. correspondent Hannah Brandt looks at the likelihood of all this getting passed. It is heartbreaking that I have to spend every day in fear that I have to leave my home. Muhil Ravi Chadran is one of 250,000 documented dreamers living in the U.S. That means their parents brought them to the U.S. legally, but when they turn 21, they lose protection of their parents' long-term visa. Fellow dreamer Mary Joseph says that leaves them with the impossible choice of staying illegally or self-deporting. All we ask is for this country to finally recognize us. Now, Congresswoman Deborah Ross and Senator Alex Padilla are leading a push to pass the America's Children Act. The bill would give documented dreamers a pathway to permanent residency if they're legally in the U.S. for 10 years and graduate from an American university. Let's give them a chance to stay in the country they love and call home. Lawmakers failed to pass the bill last session, but with growing support from Democrats and Republicans in both the House and the Senate, they hope this time it's different. I'm confident that any package that does pass will include it. But some lawmakers, like Senator J.D. Vance, aren't ready to support it. We have to solve the threshold problem, fix the, the, the massive, massive flood of illegal aliens, and then we can go on and figure out what to do with our immigration system more broadly. Still, Senator Padilla says he's trying to bring more of his colleagues on board to get the bill over the finish line. They would finally protect their dreams and finally correct the conscience of our country. In Washington, I'm Hannah Brandt. Well, Florida Governor Republican Ron DeSantis is sending help to Texas. Governor Abbott sent a letter to other governors asking for border assistance earlier this week. DeSantis says he plans to send 1,100 troopers, officers, National Guard soldiers, and others, as well as more than a dozen drones, five fixed-wing aircraft, and other assets. 
Meanwhile, the Biden administration says border crossings are down 50% since the end of Title 42. The understaffed Austin Police Department is about to grow by 33 officers. The cadets have been going through weeks of training to become officers. They woke up early today for the traditional chief's run through downtown. The department needs to hire a few hundred officers. The police department says these cadets will be a big help since the Department of Public Safety announced it's pausing its partnership with APD to help out on the border. Every class that we graduate gets closer and closer to be able to get those on the street. So uh, we're still in a uh, staffing crisis. Uh, if you are interested in applying with APD, we would love, love to be able to talk to you. A big congratulations to the cadets. They graduate on Friday. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, starting to feel a little bit like summer with hotter weather and dry weather returning to the area today. Mostly sunny on the Austonian weather cam. It's a warm 89 degrees. Take you on a little temperature tour. It's 88 in Llano, 86 degrees in Cherokee. In the metro area, pretty uniform temperatures in the middle and upper 80s. A little more tolerable, 83 in Round Rock, east of 35. You know, this really isn't bad for this time of the year, at least. 85 in Giddings and 86 right now in LaGrange. The pollen count getting a little more active in recent days. Mold is up in the medium category. Sycamore, hickory, and a few others, including oak, still lingering in low concentrations. Got a few storms trying to make it here from West Texas. Those will fail in doing so both today and tomorrow. Later this week, though, on Friday, we get a piece of this Southern California or Eastern Pacific storm, and this is going to help focus the chance of severe weather right here. We'll get to that in a minute, but first, we are talking about even hotter afternoons for the next couple of days. Temperatures drop into the 60s on a night night tonight, but tomorrow afternoon we're talking about 91, even hotter west of the Austin area. And with the sunshine, the heat and not much wind expected tomorrow, we actually have an ozone action day for all of our most populous metro area counties and air quality alert. This means we need, to, we need to all consider taking some steps to limit our own pollution footprint. If you will, you can do that by carpooling, walking or riding your bike instead of driving. If you avoid idling in the drive through and maybe bump your thermostat up by a couple of degrees. All of these things can add up and limit how bad the pollution tomorrow gets. After that, once the storm system gets here, we actually have an increased two out of five threat of seeing severe weather, wind damage, hail looking like the most likely concerns. This, as you see here, comes late on Friday. So let's skip right to the action. After a couple of dry days, here we are baking in the sunshine midday Friday, but late Friday afternoon into the evening, it looks a little earlier now. As early as 4 or 5 p.m., a couple strong to severe storms start to fire up in the hill country, and these could make it into the metro area just after your Friday evening commute, and they could be strong to severe when they do so. Here's what the radar may look like at 7.30 p.m. After that, the storms kind of fail in making it to our eastern counties, as you saw on the risk map. But out in the hill country and in Austin, we may get some additional heavy rain. This would be great late Friday night into very early Saturday morning. If you have weekend plans, I really don't want you to cancel them because of that chance of rain on Saturday. The latest forecast information looks like the behind that uh, initial blast of storms. We may just get cooler and mainly cloudy weather uh, largely both days this weekend. There's still a slight chance of a shower, but I don't see a lot of rain on Saturday or Sunday as it looks right now. On Friday night into early Saturday morning, though, this would be welcome rain up to one to two inches, most likely in the hill country. Hopefully some soaking rain along I-35. And this is finally the distribution that we need. We are running way over uh, compared to our normal rain east. So we need to catch up our friends in the hill country. We may uh, take another chip out of that and help them to do so this Friday.
All right, tonight, mostly clear, comfortable, calm winds, low temperatures dropping to 65. Tomorrow, we're up to 91 with that hot, stagnant air, a light southeast wind at 5 to 10 at the most. After that, we've increased your Friday evening chance of storms up to 40%. Look at the high temperatures, no more 90s, highs down to 80 degrees on Saturday. That means some of us might not get out of the 70s. Next week, we've got a slight chance of rain every day with below normal or normal May temperatures continuing. Two members of the royal family involved in a car chase. How it's replaying what happened to Princess Diana. More money is going toward cancer research. The Cancer Prevention and Research Institute of Texas approved $73 million in new cancer research grants today at its quarterly meeting. The organization announces new cancer research grants four times a year. The money will go toward researcher recruitment and investing in companies, developing new early stage drugs and treatments for cancer. Mark Loeffler says the fight against cancer is a long one and he hopes these grants will make that fight much shorter for people. People often ask, when are we going to cure cancer? And the message we always say here is that cancer is being cured every day in small steps, maybe not large ones, maybe some larger than others. But that fight against cancer, those small cures that are happening all the time are funded by secret over the year, the agency has awarded over $3 billion in grants to Texas academic institutions researching cancer. Prince Henry and his wife Meghan say they had a near-catastrophic car chase with paparazzi. This happened last night in New York City. A spokesperson for the prince said the chase came at the hands of, quote, a ring of highly aggressive paparazzi. The chase lasted over two hours, resulted in multiple near collisions with other vehicles, pedestrians, and two NYPD officers. Now, this incident came after the couple attended an awards show. Harry's mother, Princess Diana, died in a car crash in 1997 while being chased by paparazzi in Paris, though an inquiry and DNA evidence found Diana's driver was drunk. Security for Harry and Meghan has been an issue since the British government stripped them of protection when they moved to California in 2020. And just a quick reminder, KXAN now has daily podcasts you can listen to in your car. Just search KXAN wherever you get your podcasts. You can find them on our website, KXAN.com. Well, a nice, very warm evening continues as you make your evening plans. Let's plan for temperatures that stay in the 80s until after dark for a little bit. Mostly clear skies. By bedtime tonight, we're down to 73. We'll have another dry and even hotter day tomorrow. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.